0: morning to you all, beautiful people. I have literally been counting down the minutes to this time. It's been months, (laughs) and I do consider it one of the greatest honors that I would get to stand up here today. Um, It's often said that there's a lot of visitors and guests on Mother's Day, so I don't take it lightly. Um, I have been praying for this a long time. So each Sunday, we get to listen to my husband, Pastor Sheldon. Um, We get to listen to him, learn about the Lord. Isn't he good? (laughs) I would like to tell you all that he is the same person that you see up here. He is that person everywhere else. Um, and I'm so thankful to be married to a man who loves Jesus. So I'm really thankful for you. Um, I consider it a sacred privilege. I read a book a while ago called That. It was about from a pastor's wife perspective. Um, and it was called the Sacred Privilege. And I truly look at my role here at Thrive Church like that. <clears throat> Um, I just want you to know that we love all of you, and we are thrilled to be here in Wausau. We've been here just over two years. Very exciting. Um, And today, I want to share some very important people in my life before we start. These are people I hold in high esteem. My family. Michael, if you would just pop that picture up. It's a little strange because at all of our other places' of ministry, our kids have been with us. This is the latest picture I have of our kids. It was winter. Um, But I'm sure most of you know, but we do have kids. Um, We have two adult children. Um, My beautiful daughter, Kristen, and her amazing husband, Ben, are on the left. Um, They live in Minneapolis. And our son... Tyler is next to Ben there. He lives in Chicago. And it's been one of my greatest joys in life to be their parent, um, just to watch them grow and flourish. So pictured also next to us um, are my mom and dad. And those are two people who really know how to love well. I would say they're probably our biggest They support us like no other. They pray for us every day. And I honestly wouldn't be here without their godly influence in my life. And this month, they will have been married 59 years. So that is awesome. Something else that's really important in my life besides my family is this, the word. So, I was going to bring it up here. I forgot my phone. But I've been using the Bible app on my phone for years. It's easy, right? Um, It goes with me anywhere and everywhere. I could just pop it open and read. Um, However, I brought this Bible today, and I totally forgot where I got it. So I looked. Sheldon, you gave me this Bible in 1992 for graduation from college. At North Central, I was like, "Oh." Um, so somehow, when I took it off the shelf because I was looking for something in it, uh, I have to show you. I'm a sticky note person, <laughs> and I was looking for a, a little verse that I remember. But I have all these little cards with verses, and kind of tells the story story of my life, really. And I can remember, oh yeah, I remember God when you spoke that to me. Oh yeah, I remember what was going on in that time of my life. Um, so it's very precious to me. It's a treasure. And I think I might start actually reading this again instead of my phone. Um, I will tell you that the Bible brings me comfort. It Its power changes me, transforms me. Nothing else in my life has done what the Bible can do, the word. Um, The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, please know again that I have been praying for months and asking God to give each and every one of you just a little nugget of his word today, his truth. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's a verse. I just, I don't think it's an accident that you are here today. Perhaps nothing I say is going to be new to you. You've heard it all. You've been in church all of your life. But... Um, I just pray today that you take something with you and you carry it with you. Um, With that being said, I I don't know, kind of a traditional person sometimes, Um, would you stand with me? Would you stand with me today, if you can, as we read the word? I want to read from Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house it won't collapse because it is, it is built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and un- When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Lord, you said it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. So today, we invite you to come and speak to us. God, you know exactly what you would have for each and every person. And God, we thank you for your word. Amen. You can be seated. So the title of my message today is The Established Home. So to be established means to be set in place or to be firm. So actually, I didn't come up with that title. I kind of took it from the title of um, a renovation show that I like to watch. Um, but I thought, oh, that's perfect for what I feel like is to be shared today. So are there any other HGTV fans out there? Um, Guess what? I did a little research on why that channel is so popular. Why do we like those renovation shows? So how is it that HGTV is so relaxing to watch when actually home renovation and house hunting are so stressful? It's kind of ironic. So here's what I read. In real life, these things are challenging, but the process is converted into a satisfying half an hour. (laughs) There's a before picture, a during, and an after. So basically, you get to the happy ending very quickly. And in the end, it looks perfect, unlike what you may have experienced. HGTV has figured out that we like seeing the whole process. We all know things are in stages, but we want to see the process. And so that's, I guess, why we're hooked on it. Um, So many of you know I'm a teacher and I've spent a lot of time in kindergarten and not that you're kindergartners. But one thing I've found in teaching is that when you can make the learning real and you can connect it um, through maybe some visuals, it helps helps you remember, right? So, I was thinking about what can I have today to help us remember what the word says. So, check out this cute dollhouse I found. <laughs> um watch this. Maybe you can't see it, but inside, not only does it open up, but <gasps> it lights up. It's got cute little lights. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Um, so, I bought it used, Facebook Marketplace, it didn't come with any people or furniture. Um, so it's like moving ready. Um, didn't, need, didn't need any major renovation, um, except this, the railings are missing. Okay, so there's like this porch up here. Not very safe though, right? Not quite up to code. Um, I want to tell you, one of my hobbies is to redo or repurpose things. So I love to create and recreate, much to Sheldon's dismay. (laughs) He's so patient with me. (laughs) Typically, like, I'm always looking for pieces of furniture to maybe paint and resell or something to have in our home. So I might have one or two things in the garage at all times. Yeah. Currently, I have three things that I'm working on. Thank you. Uh, so I didn't realize it but, uh, for the longest time, but when I took a spiritual gifts test, I discovered, this is for you, that craftsmanship is actually a spiritual gift. So I like to look at things and think about ways to improve them, make them more beautiful in my eyes or um, I like to envision how something could look and it really brings me a lot of joy um, and takes up space. (laughs) Uh, So I used to think that, oh, I'm so discontent. I'm just not satisfied with how things are. And, you know, some people are like, you know, oh, it's good enough. Well, to me, it's just never quite there. It's never quite good enough. Um, well, it turns out this is how God made me. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about this. Like, it's kind of connected to teaching, right? In teaching, we have this term called having a growth mindset. And so in my own personal, like, growth, you know, I love teaching. I love um, learning new things. So anyways um I do want to put a plug out if you haven't had or taken growth track um if you take growth track you'll have the opportunity to take a spiritual gifts assessment so I encourage you to sign up and go through our four-week class you're going to learn a lot you're going to learn a lot about yourself and we're going to help you get plugged into an area where you can find that joy in serving um so we ourselves have been through a few lengthy renovation projects. I would hope that we've gotten wiser as we've gotten older because I'm not doing that again. Um, it's not always fun living through the process. Right Moss family? <laughs> um, we one time slept on the pullout couch because we didn't have a bedroom for like 13 months. Um, one time we ripped out our kitchen and, you know, we're doing dishes in the bathtub. Um, I asked Sheldon today, so what, (laughs) what was the worst? And, you know, he brought up that particular project and he's like, but I have such a visionary wife. I'm like, yes. So I take all the credit for that pain. Um, so even though the process was time consuming and not always fun, The end result was so worth it. So it's about taking something that's run down, not very pretty, um, not useful anymore, and making it more beautiful and restored. And aren't you glad we serve a God who's constantly renovating our hearts? Philippians 1.6, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Folks, we are in the process. We serve a God. He doesn't want to leave you the same. Okay? He recognizes, oh, maybe they have a railing missing. I'm going to work on that in their life. He doesn't leave anything unfinished. However, he does do things on his own time and in his own way. And it's up to us to trust that he knows what he's doing. It's all for his glory. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's creative in his way. So we're constantly being renovated. Um. Can you pop that picture up, please? Maybe you've seen a house like this. I'm not sure I would buy that house. It's super cute. Um, it's obvious that there's a problem. You know, maybe there was an earthquake. I'm not sure. Um, and we've all seen those pictures of houses on the cliff, on the ocean, and there's a storm. It comes, and it, they go crashing into the sea, right? Right. So when you're building, buying, or renovating a house, one of the most important things to consider is the foundation. We look, is it level? Is it cracked? Is it broken? Is it crumbling? Um, What kind of ground is the house on? And in renovation shows, sometimes they show them with their flashlight, and they're in the crawl space, and they're down there checking things out to reveal any cracks or damage. So I watched a little video on how to build a foundation, even though I grew up with a construction father. (laughs) Um, And one thing I learned is that you use this tool called a plumb bob, right? It's got a weight on it with a string, and use it to make sure things are perfectly vertical or perpendicular. Okay, because we know that we need to dig down and pour the footers, everything has to be measured perfectly. If not, your house is going to be, you know, out of whack. Um, We look at the soil, we look at the water level in the ground, Um, just so many things to think about. Um, So we've been talking about, you know, a physical house. And I want to talk about the difference between a house now and a home. A house. A house is like where we go. We live in a house, right? Um, It's a physical thing. And two years ago today, we were talking. We found our house in Weston here. We made an offer. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) Um, So home is where we go home to every day. It's a place where we feel like we belong, There's so many sayings about a home, too. We've all heard these, home sweet home. Or this one's kind of funny, home is where you can say anything because nobody listens to you. Um, Or this one, this home runs on love, laughter, and a lot of strong coffee. That would be us. Or teenagers, home is where your pizza is delivered. Um, and I'm sure we can all relate to this one just a little bit. Home is where my bunch of crazies are. Or we've heard this, there's no place like home. Or last, home is where your heart is, right? So when we think of home, we all know exactly the place where we feel at home. So home is kind of a feeling. Um, I could drive by my childhood home, And I'm home, right? Um, Home is where we feel comfortable. We can just be ourselves. I saw another one. I wasn't going to say it, but it's kind of funny. Home is where you can feel ugly and not care about it. (laughs) You don't have to get ready, right? Just in your pajamas all day. No one cares. Um, Well, the Bible speaks about our hearts being a home for the Lord. Ephesians 2.22 and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So, going back to the plumb line, I would say that our home, our heart, needs a, a plumb bob. I think it's a funny word, but that's what it is. Okay, so this is the plumb bob. Imagine you're up here, okay, and God is aligning you to him, right? So that's our standard. Living by his word will keep us on that level ground. Our We want a firm foundation, right? We want to be that established home for the Lord. When you have a divided heart, that's like having a cracked foundation. Okay, if you're... Focused on things that you shouldn't be focused on. And then you're, you're trying to be, a, you know, focused on the Lord. And, you know, you're unbalanced. You're going to have cracks. Psalm 8611 says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I can fear your name. So an undivided heart is one that is established and firm. I want to share a story with you. It was tucked away in 2 Kings of all places, and it's about somebody who was going through a storm. But I want us to learn from her story and see how her home held strong even in the midst of the worst of times. So we're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 4. I think the verses are going to be on the screen. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, "'My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves.' "'What can I do to help you?' Elisha asked. "'Tell me, what do you have in the house?' "'Nothing at all except a flask of oil,' she replied. And Elisha said, "'Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled.' She did as she was told." Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. I heard a message by Pastor Stephen Furtick on the topic of what are you building your house on, he said this interesting statement. He said, the rain will always bring revelation. You see, sometimes God allows things in our life. He allows some storms. um, And we only learn from the storms. So if our foundation is weak, the rain is gonna wash it away. Sometimes there's a temptation to run away from the storm, okay? We want to hide, um, thinking we won't have to deal with it. But we're always going to have to deal with that, those cracks, right? Um, so the rains come to show what our house is built on. So I encourage you today, maybe you're going through a storm, don't waste it. Say, God, what do you have for me to learn? I know it's painful, <laughs> When the storms come, does it reveal that your life is built on Christ? Or are we like the foolish man who knew about the truth but didn't put it into practice? So if something in your life is falling apart, are you going to go back and rebuild on the faulty foundation? I saw this on Facebook recently. I want to say that um, someone in here posted it. But it said, don't use bricks from your past. To rebuild. Okay, because maybe those bricks aren't secure. So, what can we learn from the story of the widow with oil? A few things stood out to me that I think we can apply to our own lives in light of having a firm foundation. So, number one, she saw God as her source. In her desperation, she went to Elisha, who is a prophet. Um, she was desperate. She was going to lose her sons. She was going to have to pay her debts because the creditor was going to come and take her sons. That's what they did back then. And guess what? Her house was empty. She was out of ideas. I think she was probably trying to run from the, the rain Um, And I think she'd probably be like any one of us today. I'm thinking her house looked pretty good on the outside. You know, we feel like we're we're holding things together. We're giving everybody the image that we're holding it together. Um, But inside, she was probably in turmoil. Maybe her pride was stopping her from asking for help. She maybe sold everything she had. She probably was thinking life wasn't fair, her husband was gone, she was exhausted, she was just out of ideas. So how often do we exhaust all of our human ideas instead of going to God first? Sometimes, I think God, well, I think all the time actually, um, he wants to us to empty ourselves of us. Okay, so when you do renovation, what do you do? They renovate a house, they clear it out, right? They get rid of all the old stuff. They tear down walls, whatever they need to do. To make space for what? They make space for the new. So when, I know, like, when we personally have gone through seasons, where this is how I felt. I felt empty. I felt like God was clearing us out. He was resetting our priorities. Okay, it's painful. The process is not fun. But you know what? On the other side of it, there's such freedom, right? Um, And so we often like to fill our rooms. Um, Excuse me. It blew down. All right. So we often fill our rooms with things that do not belong. Like in our world today, there's just so much noise. I feel like we fill ourselves with so much noise. Um, I've had times when I felt distant from the Lord and I've wondered why. And I felt like God said, there's no space for me. So lately, I've intentionally built some time in just for the Lord. So it's on my way to work. Um, I intentionally listen to worship music and pray. And let me tell you, it has been some of the sweetest times. I often just get really overwhelmed with Jesus as I'm praying. And that's, that's where he speaks to me. Um, I encourage you, find that space. Give him space. The word says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for him. I think we need to be like the widow, and we need to get desperate, okay? We need to go back to God. He is our first source. Um, The second thing she did, she surrendered all that she had. Remember all she had? A little flask of oil. Um, And she probably was hanging on to that because, you know, it had some value. But I want to tell you that God will multiply what you surrender to him. So what did she pour into all the other flasks or all the, you know, the vessels? What she had. And he multiplied it. He didn't just give her enough to pay her debts. He gave her more than enough to sustain them for days and days and years to come. Enough to take care of them. And I think God is in the habit of doing this. We see this in the parable of the fish And the five loaves, there were 12 baskets left over. So he didn't just feed the 5,000, they were leftovers to take home. Um, So little is much when God is in it. When you give what you can give, God does what only he can do. So, point number one God was her source, she surrendered. And number three, she was obedient. (laughs) If I was her, I probably would have been like, what? I'm not going to my neighbors and asking for jars, you know? I'm imagining that her neighbors probably knew about her. They probably knew she didn't have anything left. And she, if I was her, I wouldn't want to look like a fool asking for jars, right? Um, But she didn't do that. It says she immediately did what she was asked to do. Kind of crazy. I was reminded about Noah, right? We all, that Noah was called to build an ark. Everyone's probably like, what are you doing? Or like me, I was obedient and saying yes to speaking today. (laughs) Um, No. Um, I just don't think doubt. I don't think she doubted that God was, not going to work, right? I think she had full confidence. She went to um, Elisha, who was a man of God, looking for answers, because I think she had come to realize that that was what she needed to do. The fourth thing she did when she did that, she was obedient, and then she believed. The vessels were filled as long as they were there. It was a measure of faith, God gave her supernatural abundance, resources, and provision. So what are you believing for today? I encourage you not to stop believing for the answer. God will make a way. We sing about those, we sing about that all the time, how God is so faithful. I think she is a living example of Isaiah 61:3. We sang these words today, too. She received the oil of joy instead of mourning. I think her days of mourning were over. And a garment of praise instead of despair. So he provides more than enough. Verse Peter 5.10. This is the best verse. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. The last thing she did that stuck out to me is who is she living her life out in front of? Who was in her house? Her two sons. Imagine the effects that seeing this amazing miracle had on her, their life. I'm sure it was the day that they remembered Forever. Remember when we had nothing and God supplied what we needed? Um, And look, we're still telling the story today. So remember how God was faithful to us then, He will be faithful to us now. Remember how God was faithful to you back then, remember how He will be faithful to us now. I was thinking about Just an example from our own life. When we were in college, Sheldon broke his finger or something and couldn't work for a month or two. And, you know, we're newly married. We're in college. Not a lot of money. Um, But people, we lived in this apartment building and um, we had amazing friends. And they put money under our door. It was really strange. But it was like just at the right time. I was thinking about another time Um, We were a young family. Um, I was doing some part-time jobs. Again, God provided financially, and some people sold us a car for a (laughs) dollar. Who does that? Like, that's crazy. Um, So remember God's faithfulness and how he brought you through hard times. Because if you're going through a storm now, that's what he wants you to remember. How faithful he is. So it's said that culture is the lens by what we see. I'm gonna read that again. Culture is the lens through which you see. So let's be intentional about building a culture in our homes, our hearts, right? And in our homes, not our physical house, but. In our homes, based on God's promises. Let's remember what the widow did, okay? She went to God as her source. She sought God when she was desperate. Seek ye first, right? And all these things will be added unto you. She surrendered her will. She was obedient to the word. She believed in the power. And her legacy was passed on. Her Firm foundation was passed on to her sons. Psalm 78. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Can I tell you that your story matters? You matter to God. Um, So let's create, create space for him to move in your life. Just watch and see what he can do. So maybe you're hearing this today and you're recognizing like, oh, I feel it. I know my heart, my home is not where it should be. I have not been using this as a standard. Okay, you're feeling like maybe you're on some shifty, sandy ground. Maybe you're feeling like that picture of that house. And you're feeling like inside you're just kind of crumbling. Okay, I want to tell you, it's time. It's time to move back. Time to get set straight. The Bible says, if we acknowledge and confess our sin, because that's, that's kind of what messes us up, is our sin. So if we acknowledge and confess our sin, he is able and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So like being renovated, which is not fun, um, it's not fun to dig deep and allow the Lord to reveal or shed light in the areas where sin is ruling our lives. But I want to tell you that today can be the day that your life changes because God is right here. He's waiting for you just to call out and say yes. Amen. God began putting pieces of this message in my heart for the past few months. And I would hear songs about having a firm foundation or I'd be reminded of the hymn, A Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. You know, he's our hiding place. Um, And I was reminded about this old, old hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock. So I'm going to close today by just reading the first verse and the chorus. Um, we just close your eyes, and let's make it a prayer. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground... Is sinking sand. I'm gonna close with a verse, Psalm 9017, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands.